What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cabbage Cart Podcast, your weekly source for all things Avatar. That includes Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the graphic novels, and books. Fair warning, this podcast will contain spoilers for all Avatar content. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the cart, Julie does a thing. We're going over Turf Wars Part 2, Legend of Korra. We are your hosts. I'm Austin. I'm Ricky. I'm Ian. And this is the Cabbage Cart Podcast. And welcome back to the Cabbage Cart Podcast. Let's hop right into uh, our Avatar news. Get right to it. Yeah, yeah. Why Damn, not? Man, he's man on a mission today, dude. <laughs> he wants to get to that post-show segment already. I can tell. No, I want to talk about Suki alone. That came out on Tuesday. Sorry about that. <laughs> Where did my voice go? Getting right a little there? choked up on choked up already on Suki alone. So we picked it up and we read it. Just kidding. This is recorded a week in advance. So, oh, but by you now we the illusion. Now. The illusion's gone. <laughs> But I'm sure by this, by the time you're hearing this, we're already picked it up and read it. Um, so we are going to finish up Turf Wars Part 2 today. Yep. We'll go next week. We'll do Part 3. And then we'll be talking about Suki alone. Yeah, so yeah. be looking out for that. You have like two, two weeks, weeks to pick it up and follow along with us. And, and we'll be talking about that uh, coming soon. Really excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just nice to get another new comic. Yeah, you know. I, and and it's gonna finish up the the trifecta they have going on with the women of the gang. I think. Oh, all getting because it's own Katara, story. Katara, Toph, and and Suki. I I think I think this has the potential to be the best one just just from the preview panels because I think you're a little biased. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I think we were. <laughs> no, I think we were. You are when, Suki's number one fan. I am a I am a Suki <laughs> fangirl. Um, no, but I think with both of our reviews of Pirate Silver and and Metal Bending Academy, we were kind of underwhelmed. I like Pirate Silver. I, I, like I, I liked them. I, like I liked them, but I think we were just a little underwhelmed. I think this one's gonna have more action than the rest of them. I mean, Pirate you Silver think? had a lot of action, but I mean, it, dude, it's Suki and Azula. We're gonna see. Like they're gonna be getting into yeah, some stuff. We're gonna see Suki and, and Azula fighting. Before, I don't think so. Before she goes to the Boiling Rock, I think there's gonna be a fight scene. Because she gets be. she gets captured by oh it. oh oh the they're gonna finish that fight yeah scene? I think they're gonna because the, they cut away from it after in the show. they they send Oppo away yep somebody's they, got would be somebody's sick. listening to this right now who's already read Suki alone I know and they're like these idiots these guys have don't no know idea what the, oh yeah what that, about. that's kind of a good but that's kind of a good somebody good may have it picked it up on Tuesday yeah that's Tuesday the twenty so that's twenty first <clears> then right sorry are you okay there pal yeah that's Tuesday the twenty the twenty seventh. Yeah, Tuesday the no, it's the twentieth. No, the, yeah, the twentieth. Man, the 20th. I don't know how to it's, read a calendar. Yeah, what's going on over here, guy? Tuesday the twentieth. Okay, cool. So nice. That'll be fun. I'm excited for that. I was also excited for this Avatar cookbook that has been delayed till November 9th. Bummer. We, we were looking forward to that. We we're gonna kind of cook some stuff up. Probably post it on our Instagram. Yeah, we've been saying that about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're also gonna do uh, Iro's tea from Jasmine Dragon Tea Shop too. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I, I bet you that'll be included in there though. It's got to be because it's like there's got to be some tea in yeah. there. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah with yeah. actual what the ingredients actually are, because in the little panel that we get in the little menu, it doesn't actually list ingredients. It just right. says what it should taste like. Hmm. That'll be cool. I like that they're doing these things. Like, so we have the cookbook, and then we also have a. Uh, Beasts of the Four Nation, and so I like that they're putting out books that are like all encompassing of the entire story. Right, like here's all of the 
cook the recipes in the show. Right. Here's all of the animals in the show. It's like encyclopedia type stuff. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for both of these things. I'm glad we're getting like Avatar content. And that um that calendar that's supposed to come out too. The Kiyoshi calendar or whatever. Oh yeah, that's gonna be the so one. Sick. The one with the artist from Kiyoshi. That should be here pretty soon, like September ish. Yeah. I, I would imagine. That's when. Yeah. That's when you were saying. That's when they drop. Yeah, because calendars. All the the pop up uh, Christmas stores and in, in malls and stuff. They pop up around September. Oh. So that's when they start selling calendars. And then if we want to get the calendar for half off, you just go January second. And you're good to go. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Just like the, one day into the year? Yeah. Like, you go like, like these the, are useless. Half off. Yeah. The day, the <laughs> day Still after the whole use. The day after Halloween, you go and get candy. Yeah. Like yeah, because it's candy's same, on sale. It's the so. same thing. But a calendar is good for like I, the whole year. They're, they're, <laughs> no, it the, expires at the end. The, of the year. These stores they they <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> they pop up uh, at the end of the year at malls to get that Christmas money. And then they need to get out. I guess I've never bought a calendar now that I think about it. Well, maybe. Yeah, I've never bought a calendar either. Has, has your wife bought a calendar? No. Bullshit. No. I'm calling well, I mean, we have calling shenanigans on that. On it. I don't think so. I don't. Well, maybe. I mean, if we did, I don't know. But either way. We have like five calendars in our house. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Why? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Sarah's weird. You never forget. You know, sometimes you just forget. You're standing in the kitchen, you forget what day it is. <laughs> It's not so in my house. Sometimes you're standing in the hallway. You forget what day it is. Oh my god! Gotta put a calendar there. Gotta go to the kitchen. <laughs> See what day bathroom it is. calendar. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere you may forget what day it is. Calendar. Broom closet. Calendar. calendar. They got you covered. <laughs> Broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today, uh, after the after we wrap up the show, uh, we're gonna be doing a segment um, on Loki. Because Loki just finished up, and we all really want to talk about it. We're, I mean, we're we're fans of everything. We're not just yeah. fans of Avatar, and and Avatar fans are not just fans of Avatar as well. So, Loki's the big thing that came out recently that just finished up, and uh, I think we're all kind of excited to talk about it and see what everyone else thinks. Yeah, it might kind of evolve into a uh, kind of a post show segment. Like we were throwing around names for like pop culture blast or whatever it may be, where we kind of incorporate other things into the podcast on a semi regular basis so, after the show, though. So with that being said, uh, we'll we'll give you a cue at the end of the show when we're going to talk about it. Uh, but there will be spoilers later on for the right. show, uh, and we'll give you another warning warning later. Uh, kind of like we we did that with the, well, the, the Dragon, Dragon Prince, yeah, the Dragon Prince episode, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cabbage Cart Podcast, your weekly source for all spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah. Is safe. <laughs> yeah, no. Even the obscure show you watch probably gonna get spoiled. Yeah, I just I just started Invincible on, on oh, Amazon. Oh, I want to watch it. That show is so good. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's that. crazy, and gory it's a, too, right? I had to I had to send the little one out out of the room when really. Yeah, I'm like I, I didn't realize how bad it, how gory it was going to be. I was like, nope. Pause this. All right, honey, gotta go. Wow, and it's just a constant source of memes in that show. There's so many memes being oh, yeah. pumped out of that guy. That's how I found out about it. I'm like, what is this show? It's crazy. It's on Amazon, right? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Ooh, maybe I'll watch that and we can. Do you want to watch that? Yeah, I do. Maybe is it, in the future uh, it's we'll start new, talking right? about It's a that. new show. It's newer. Did you ever watch like the old Batman, like Batman animated series? Yeah, like like Skinny Batman. No, no that's, that's Batman, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. Fucking casual. No, <laughs> I mean that's an animated series. No, the Batman and Batman the animated series. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Any, no, I I know which one you're talking about. I used to watch them all, but yeah, right. Anyway, it's imagine a cleaner version of that, but with like guts and gore, and shit. like Afro Samurai kind of level guts and gore. 
don't uh, know if you've ever watched actually, Afro Samurai. I, I haven't watched Afro Samurai. That's pretty gory, yeah, too. It's, yeah, it's like a Quentin Tarantino. Oh, flick. okay. Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, it's done by Robert Kirkman, so Walking Dead. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Okay, we'll check that out. Definitely check it's that really out. It's really good. Definitely check Is it out. Is the story itself good, though? Do you like The Boys? Yeah. Then you like this. Oh, okay, that's nice, what I figured nice, it was. Nice, yeah. It lo- it looked like The Boys kind of. It pretty <clears throat> much is an animated version of The Boys. It was like oh if Tom God, Selleck was in The Boys. It's a little different, but it's it's really good. I, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it cuz it's really good. I'm like 4 episodes into it. How how many episodes are there? I don't, I don't it's know. It's season 1 though, right? Is yeah. what I was asking. Okay. And the, yeah, and they're all like 45 minute episodes. Oh shit. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. Dang. Nice. All right. We'll give that a watch. Maybe look out for that. But let's hop into the episode today. We're going to talk about Turf Wars Part 2. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what are you guys' thoughts on this? I thought it feels pretty much like the filler between the the exposition and the peak of the story. What's that called? Climax. But It definitely feels like a filler. There's there's a lot of political stuff going on here. Yeah, not a lot of action. Not really. really. Yeah, not like, really. Like, not, not really. And we don't use the term filler here when talking about Avatar. It's called Avatar Adventures. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you use filler, buddy. Nope. Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's an extra Avatar adventure. For well, sure. I mean, in the first one, we saw essentially what we described as four conflicts, and this didn't really carry much of them forward very much. Not really, it seemed. I, so we had the conflict with the spirit portal being open and people wanting to make it into an amusement park. Well, they go into that, and the spirits destroyed the spirit world around around the Republic City right. portal. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the overarching themes that are going on, we still have the the spirits versus man. Yeah. That kind of that kind of theme. And then we have the triads, the gangs, the creeping tur- crystals. Yeah, the creeping crystals and then the triple threats. Triple, triple threats. threats. And then what else? Do we have a third conflict. It's with the, the president, President Raiko, and then the, the uh, refugees, the refugees and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. And then not really a conflict, but just uh, something a theme in the book is uh, this coming out story between Chorus. We don't in part two. We no. don't really don't see, well, it. Actually, don't see it at all. Actually, I, no, you do. There is. Well, the only thing you see is Tenzin says, "I'm happy for you." Right. I mean, that's not really everyone. Everyone seems to be kind of okay with with this whole thing. Yeah, there's a there's a scene. Oh, she's there's like, can scene. I see my girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. Towards towards the end, where she's like, let me see my girlfriend. Um, but we'll get to that that later. So, let's talk about the uh, the triple threats and the main the main issue of part two. My main issue is with kind of this whole thing is like doesn't doesn't like a gang war in Republic City seem kind of basic when. When Korra just fought a fucking mecha tank in Republic City, you know it, what I'm saying? It it's does a, seem a little basic. And, and it's a little mundane. After Red Lotus and Unawak and all these guys, like it seems like a tiny conflict. Yeah. Well, I was actually thinking that as I was going through it, is that like they're like like there's a scene where they, she meets the leader. Korra meets the leader of uh, of the the creeping crystals, and they're like, she's like, "Get out of here before we make you get out of here." And I'm like, "You're talking to Korra. Yeah. What dude. are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just this little this little gang." Yeah. And, 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 Your and yeah, like it's like, what? What are you gonna do to Cora? Yeah, how are you gonna make her leave? <laughs> so that I get it. It's like, and then she takes down that fucking base with ease. They start, they start launching like crystals at her, and she just yeah. takes them down. She's like, you're gonna have to if you want to get to our leader, you have to get through us first. And she's like, no problem. Like, and then just shreds them all. Like literally, yeah. that's it happens in one yeah. panel. Yeah. Right? So, I do agree with that. So the threat is kind of like, hmm, meh. It's not scary. We do meet the leader of the Creeping Crystals in this one, though. What's her name? I have no idea how to pronounce <laughs> it. Jargala? 
Dargala seems like a good a Dargala Omo. Yeah, I think, think she's the coolest addition to this book. There's really nothing to her though. I like how the creeping crystals are like shooting the the glowy crystals that we see underneath Bossing Say. Oh, that's like their I stick. didn't even realize. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they earthbend, and I think that's. Is it a triad or is it just earthbenders? They call themselves triads. So when um, there's a scene where where the triple threats are sitting around playing what poker or some kind of mm. uh, gambling yeah. game, and they they call themselves just the triads. I, I'm assuming that the creeping crystals is the name of a triad, right? And a triad is just a group of people, a group of three benders. That's never really gone over. It's uh-huh. not explicitly stated. No, it's yeah. not explicitly stated. We talked stated. about this last week too. How I kind of I was thinking a triad meant that there was three gangs, like they are part of a three gang conflict. Mm. You know, like gangs in New York style. Yeah, I don't think so. Isn't though. that like two? That's two gangs. Gangs in New York. Uh, it is overall two gangs. Yeah. yeah, but they have their own little like. So anyway, that's a dope movie. We'll talk about that. Movie. But I'm looking at that. <laughs> I'm looking at that uh, scene you're talking about where they're playing poker. And I mean, there's very clearly somebody from a water tribe there. There's very clearly somebody from our Earth Kingdom there. Actually, a couple from a water tribes here. So you're just judged solely based on their eyes. No, <laughs> no they're actually you're... wearing. And like one of them looks like just like to uh, Karuk actually. And there's people like like everyone still wears their garments of their nation for the most part, at least their color scheme. And it seems like they're trying to represent three oh, benders, yeah. oh, like yeah. a, like earth, fire, and water. Who's right. the firebender? The, the chick in the back. No, the the dude that gets uh they get mollywopped by Takuka. Oh, the, oh yeah, yeah, he is. The old he man is. right there. I like how poker is canon. I believe this is poker. He says I fold. That's a poker term. Yeah. But anyway, with Jargala Omo, I guess we'll pronounce it. She's got some pretty cool style. Definitely, like, the first time we're seeing, like, a character influence from uh, Indian culture. Um, Not the first time. Is there another character that dresses like this? I don't think so. Oh, like this? Okay. Yeah, she's wearing, like, the garment, like, the sash. She reminds me of of, uh, Esmeralda from uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame Disney movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she looks cool. I like her. Yeah. I like her, I just like her confidence, but at the same time, it's like, kind of, we don't know enough about her to see if it's really, if she's just going to talk. Yeah, right, we haven't know. seen her fight yet. I have a feeling. So we talked about this on the last episode. How you know the whole story and me and Ian don't. Uh-huh. I think Jargala is going to f- become good, and, or at least help fight. Why do you? Because the that? enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of thing. I like mm. that. I like that. So she's in here threatening. Uh, <laughs> Dang it! I'm trying, to, I'm trying to read him to see, <laughs> to see if that was right or not. She comes to like threaten Asami, right? She tells right. her. She tells her, "Oh, you might need some protection." Blah 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 going down so that's why Korra thinks well Asami goes missing right well that's after she gets threatened okay the Jargala uh, kind of lets lets it out of the bag what Takuga is doing he, and and how he's trying to get the control of of Republic City as a whole and if Asami wants protection that Creeping Crystals will provide that for a price Asami says GTFO and then they leave she's the Avatar's girlfriend <laughs> Like, no one else knows that. Uh, th- That's don't. true. Unless you're like in the crew. Yeah, right. but she's part of Team Avatar anyway. She's part of Team Avatar, but she's no one knows that she's the Avatar's girlfriend. Yeah, but like certainly why not, would you certainly say certainly not creeping crystals either. She she's on Team Avatar. Why would she need protection? You know what I mean? I don't people yeah. don't respect Korra in general. I think that's it. It's gotta be it. How? She hasn't proven herself like multiple times. I know, right? She has saved the city four times. <laughs> Well, we see at the we see in this book just how quickly they flip on her. Like Raiko says one thing right. about 
her going on vacation and they all of a sudden hate her. You know, mm. I don't think there's a there's a lot of loyalty. Mm. I wonder why that is though. I would be loyal. Politics. Cora. Yeah, that's I would, why. I would be loyal, Cora. I think we just re- we need to like remember though that like people are probably just a lot like people here. They're just concerned about their day to day lives. Sure, that's you true. Know? Like they're just probably whatever you know about things that are pretty big deals overall in the world, but to them not really that big of a deal. Right. Although they are refugees right now, so kind of a big deal. And then you have Julie becoming uh, running for president. Well, so. Um, very convincing. Way, way, right? way to bury the lead. Um, <laughs> so the, at the beginning of the book, uh, the Air Nation, I guess, Tenzin and the kids and, and Korra, they go into the spirit world uh, and they find out that it's all burned up. It's all charred. Uh, the the flowers that were growing in, in, in the first book when Asami and, and Korra were in there are all gone now. It's all black. Uh, and I guess the, the spirits laid waste to the area around the portal in the spirit world. Yeah, they, like, sabotaged it so it wasn't pretty when you got around there. They said it was a uh, – course said it was a warning. Yeah. Whatever that means. I mean, even those, dis- those like, plants that attacked them. The you know, thorns? So it's like, yeah. yeah, whatever they were, they were, like, weeds or, like – it looked to me like burnt flowers is what it was. Right. And they just attacked them. Iki was, was touching the, some thorn bush and, like, grabbed onto her. And, mm-hmm. So Kai was and there. Kaya yeah, too. Kai was there. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I, I wanted to see more of the spirit world in here, and like that—that that was all we got was a quick jump over. Like you said, it's very political on this one. Like this one's all about like the the political conflicts and going on in Republic City. Right. And there was like the quick only thing we saw in the spirit world was just them going in there. Everything was barren, getting attacked, and then jumping right. And then back they bounce out. out. And then when they when they bounce out, they see that the army. I guess what are they called? Uh, the Republic forces, the United forces, United yeah, forces United army forces. is has set up an encampment around the portal by the order of President Raiko. Yeah, and that's General Iroh leading that crew in there to to block off the portal with metal benders. Correct. I like how you said you're like you're kind of like oh this one's very political. Well, the next one, Ruins of the Empire. Guess what? It's very political. <laughs> <laughs> Sensing a theme here. Um, There's yeah, got to be but, more spirit world in the next one though, right? Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what dude. in in book three? No, in Ruins of the Empire. Ruins oh. of the Empire is the next next after Turf Wars. Right, right, right. Yeah, I just want the spirit world to like. We don't get to see enough of it. Like the portal's open now. Season like why? Two. Why can't more of this take place in it? You know, like now that now that everything's the dust is settled, everything's open. Let's well, the dust hasn't the settled. Du- yeah, the dust hasn't settled. <laughs> yeah, that's, what that's do you the mean? Thing. Well, that's the I guess that's true. Going on here. Yeah, is the dust not settled. Yeah, they're trying to settle it right now. Ooh, almost knocked that glass over there, boy. On <laughs> <laughs> Louisiana here? What's going on, man? Been watching some Waterboy recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the, the the main political conflict is President Ryko's trying to get reelected and he's quote unquote protecting the people by occupying the area around the spirit portal. Uh Cora and the and Air Nation don't like that, obviously, for right. for reasons. Uh and then they I think they confront President Raiko about this this kind of stuff, and they suggest that Julie actually run against President Raiko, and she reluctantly kind of agrees. She wants to take it under uh, advisement. She talks to Varric. I I do love that scene, by the Tenzin, way. Tenzin says, "Hey, you'd be a, you'd, you'd be, be a good yeah." Because mm-hmm. so, it was it was Asami said, you know, Tenzin, you need to 
you should take over for or run against uh, Ryko. Ryko, and he says, "No, my my responsibility is to the Air Nation. That's that's where my which my uh, responsibility. My responsibility is, is yeah. yes. <laughs> Man, I can English today. <laughs> Big word hard. Big word hard. <laughs> so then Tenzin suggests that Julie take over, and she's like, hey, "That's actually not a bad. It's actually idea. a really good that's idea. A really good is idea. It, is it very like I like it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you won't lose. Like, there's no way you can lose. Like, he immediately has the ultimate confidence in her. It's kind of cool. Uh, Varric is kind of like like people theorize that uh, like Varric is Sokka's son. But he, uh, it's not a, it's not a bad theory, personality you, wise. Yeah, and how you see like his change to like being totally supportive of Julie and stuff like that, and we see that same change in Sokka, you know. So that's it's, true. It's they're kind of echoing one another. That's true. I mean, it's his comic relief character. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, you can write that up the same way a hundred times. Yeah, that's Just that's also a, true. Put a different name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's just completely shut down. Yeah, you just completely <laughs> shut, down, shut down. My bad, dude. <laughs> Great point, though. Um, <laughs> I did like that uh, Tenzin's, like, they, they made a good point that, like, Tenzin would be a good choice because they'd vote for the son of Avatar Aang. Right. That's, I mean, that's huge points. But uh, it's, I was reading, a, uh, watching a video on this comic uh, on YouTube. And the top comment was, Julie, do the thing. Runs for president. Like an <laughs> asterisk. Like, that's the thing. Like, right. her thing is to run for president now. And I'm guessing that's where we get more politics in part three, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. think Do you think Varric would, would, like, interfere at all if she was president? Ooh. Like, if she, like, for her interest? For her best interest? For his, oh, best, yeah. Dude, for Var- his best interest. Varric is for his own best interest. Although, I mean, he's in love with Julie, so... What's in her best interest is also in he, his best he interest. He does kind of have a change of uh, – he has a change of character, though, in season four. Not really. Okay, well, he says – He's still kind of a weasel. So when when Julie's not really sure if she wants to, to take over, so she's like, I'm stressed out, blah, 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 blah. And he says, I can't stand seeing my Julie getting so bent out of shape. Why don't you come inside, sweetheart, and massage your troubles away? Oh, right. And, he, right, right, and, right. and she's thinking that he's going to massage her – but, but then he he says, "Oh, my shoulders are they're <laughs> yeah. over here." And she's like, "Hey, wait a minute, Dick. You need to massage me." Yeah, he's like, "Why don't you give me a massage to make your troubles go?" Away? Yeah, is yeah. what he's saying, right? I don't know how different he is. But <laughs> that is same Varric. But then, yeah, but then he's like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah, he's I'm still gonna... going through learning yeah. how to not be a giant selfish asshole. Biggest douche. Nice. Uh... Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the biggest douche. Find out on another episode. <laughs> we had we uh, we had a conversation yesterday through our, our group chat of who the biggest douche in the a- Avatar universe is, and and uh, I, they said it was Jet. But I say I, I say we I, just I didn't say it was Jet. I did not say I it said was it was Jet. I said it was Jet, but I and I have not heard a better one yet. I just said one. Varric Varric <laughs> could be He's kind a, of a douche. He could be the biggest douche in Avatar. He is kind of a, you got. I can't remember the guy's name, of, but the guy from Chow. Korra. Is no, he said Joe. Who? Uh, no, or excuse me, the guy from Kiyoshi, the uh, the little weasel that's behind the uh, oh, Lu Fong. No, not it's Lu Fong's. It's Lu Fong's newest um, yeah, underling yeah, yeah, yeah. that has a conflict with Jianzu and he's yeah. jealous of him, so yeah. he like tries to undermine Jianzu. That guy's a weasel. Yeah, douche. <laughs> we'll have to revisit. This oh one. yeah, we'll no. revisit it. You know what? Who you know? Uh, Ricky, who's don't, the, force don't force it. Don't force it. Don't force it. Who's he's the trying to force it? <laughs> 
Okay, fine. We'll talk about. We'll it talk next about week. that later. <laughs> talk about it next week. <laughs> he goes. Oh wait, just one more point. What about this other guy? <laughs> this other douchebag. Damn it. We'll yeah. go down that one. Uh, that one needs more thought because I actually want to. I want to come to a All solid right. conclusion on it. The biggest douche of Avatar. Be <laughs> looking forward to that. <laughs> I am very excited to talk about it. All right. We so, need more thought. No more thought. So well, and so back to the Zuli run for president. Right. Raiko already is trying to take credit for her work. Like he's like he called it Rico residencies is where right. they're gonna put all the refugees and uh, that's that was Zuli Zuli and Asami's plans that they put together he's splitting his name on it and in that conversation tries to flip the res the refugees against Cora Cora yeah he he does this like grand uh, opening or grand reveal of, of of what what he's planning this big apartment complex called Rico residencies and and the entire population of the refugees are are like yeah this is fantastic this looks great uh and they do like this photo op and uh as they're fake smiling for this photo op asami's like you know this is our you took credit for for our idea don't you know that yeah yeah Raiko's definitely out to for his own numbers oh for sure he's always been kind of a scumbag oh and he okay so i was trying to remember why Raiko tried to get the refugees to flip on cora it's because she was there confronting him about calling off the United Forces right? Um, from the Spirit Portal. And he's like, absolutely not, this and that. The reason that we have to do this is because you opened the Spirit Portal, portal to begin with, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. As soon, uh, that's So in this book, we see two instances of people not thinking that Korra takes responsibility for her actions. One with Raiko right there saying right. that this is all your fault and you need to take responsibility for it. And instead, you went on vacation to the spirit world. And then at the end of the book, when she has a conf- the confrontation with the, the leader of the triple threats. Takuga. Yeah, Takuga. She, he then also says, you will learn that actions have consequences. And she's like, what do you mean? And he says, you'll find out soon enough. So... I thought that was kind of already addressed in the show about Korra not taking responsibility for things. Wasn't it? Um, I think Raiko says something about that uh, beginning of season four. When yeah, or, isn't or that beginning kind of what of se- all of season, season four is about? Three, no, it's got to be season It's got to be season three. I that's when she three. opens the spirit portal. In, se- yeah. in season four, she's off on her own, remember? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Season three, the very beginning when he's having that uh, uh, press conference. She like crashes it or some something like that. So. It just seems like I thought we were already over this take responsibility for your actions things, but I guess it's kind of a heavy theme in this book. She should have let him get spirit cannoned. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was How gonna, about that. He was going to surrender the entire freaking city to Kuvira, and then he's just running unopposed. I mean, would yeah. I mean would she's got a giant mecha tank that? It's blowing apart buildings. Right. What are you gonna do? I mean, I get, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Running unopposed though is yeah. Uh, up until Julie decides to run. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the triple threats and the uh, creeping crystals don't really have a conflict in this in the second book together. No direct anymore. conflict. No direct conflict. Yeah. Really, all it is is like they're both actually kind of focused on Asami for some reason because we have the creeping crystals come in and say, "Hey, we can offer you protection." If you pay us a monthly fee, and then at the end of the book, we see that Asami actually gets kidnapped by the by the uh, triple threats. Correct. So for some reason, maybe so, like you were saying, well, being the Avatar's well, girlfriend, maybe that is what's drawing her attention. Well, to look her. at what they're doing. This Wang Yang Kun guy—they kidnapped him. 
they well they, at at the end of the first book he yeah. uh Takuga says you work for me now and that's right. that's where we're left off and that's the guy that is trying to turn the spirit portal into an amusement park but right. he's a huge real estate guy and Asami is working on this this building project I think as a re- real estate I think we're 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 glossing over a, a big a big well, we thing are. um so it, there's a lot of like detective work going on with Bolin and Mako as well. Oh, yeah. that's true. I forgot so, about that. So they're trying to figure out what's going on with Takuga. They they want to take down Takuga, and they they're kind of working with with Lin Beifong on on a on a bust. Things go wrong, and um, I think that's when that's they when they track him to a warehouse. They talk Takuga to yeah, a warehouse. They like they track down some some kid. Who is doing the same things that they used to do as a kid as, when they were children, right? And do runs for information runs for the uh, for the triple threats. Yeah, and he. I just want to point out, he looks like he's drawn. He almost looks like one of the characters from the Gorillas. Like he the sure lead singer. Does, sure doesn't does. he? He looks just like the leads, like the lead oh, singer's yeah. a, a, a character funny. for Gorillas. That's what he looks like. But anyway, anyway, he did look familiar. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> anyway, so um, they almost get blown up. Uh, Mako Bolin and, and and Lin almost get blown up because the triple threat set a a, a trap for this at this warehouse where the kid tells them to go because um, he says that's where the hideout is for the the triple threats. Oh right, and and so what I like about this scene is that so we got uh, a police officer Mako Bolin and uh, Lin Beifong all going in there, and Lin. I, I mean, it makes sense when you see it drawn out like this, but like she doesn't wear shoes. No, she I, does. She, she has like they a pull back. Yeah, they, have, they pull back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. So Ben, she does. But in this scene, she's doing. She uses seismic sense to try to figure out where everybody's at in this warehouse out there. Which, by the way, why didn't they do seismic sense like this in freaking uh, Tops Metal Bending Academy? Remember how it was drawn yeah, differently? Right. Like this looks. That's like the iconic from the show. Seismic that's sense. That's right. Right. Because they do this like red line. Yeah. Like th- this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And this is like iconic. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's true. I forgot. I it's confusing when you see it in Tops. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused by it. You're like, is that? We brought that on? up. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's how it looks like in the show. Right. At least. Yeah. And what we see in that scene is that. There is a meeting going on, but they went to the wrong warehouse. It was a booby-trapped warehouse. It blows up. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> booby-trapped. <laughs> 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 uh, but there is a meeting going on, and it's actually the Triple Threat's kind of wondering, like, can we trust this Tatuga guy? But it's happening at a separate location. At a separate location. Right. Yeah. So it sets up a really cool scene that we've seen in, like, heist movies before. Right. Where there's, like, a meeting going on. The raid party's coming in to break it up, but they go to the wrong building. Right. And there's, like, a narration. Oh, like, yeah. Takuga, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he's monologuing at, during this this time in the, in the book when when uh, Bolin, Mako, and Lin are, are raiding this warehouse. So he's monologuing, and he's talking about what he's wanting to do. And then you just see a bunch of uh, explosions into this warehouse, um, and then it, it cuts back to the 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 actual hideout of the triple threats. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of it's very uh, a policey detective action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. you know it was, it was kind of cool, but I just don't know. So I didn't understand this here. So part of that meeting that they're having, right, with the with like the, the triple threats, they're having this meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I misunderstood this panel. Okay, so I thought that they were all wearing masks in the panel. 
No, and, and no. That, that, and that, those, I was like, where are, like did, are, they, are the triple threats picking up a new, like they're starting to wear masks now? So, yeah, in the warehouse, we're. <laughs> but it's <laughs> actually, they're actually, it was actually decoys. Yeah. yeah, yeah that booby trap. Straw them in. Yeah, they were. Okay. So at, at the, where, when they get to the, <laughs> get to the bottom of the warehouse to, to uh, arrest the triple threats, uh, the three police. <laughs> Austin was like, all the triple threats put on masks. Yeah, they have. <laughs> the, like, they, that's weird. They come across these like straw men that have masks on. That one kind of looks like the blue spirit mask, and then the place blows up. Okay, yeah, I thought it was like, oh, since that guy's got a face guard now, they're all gonna wear masks <laughs> so uh, that he feels less insecure. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he's a sensitive guy, this uh, Takuga, buddy. No, that's totally not at all what <laughs> happened. They were decoys they, at, at the all. booby trap place. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that makes a lot more sense. I'll tell you that much. The real story. Makes a lot more sense than whatever I thought. Right. So then after that, after the place blows up and and you kind of find out what the triple threats are doing, it brings you back to Korosami. The, that's where they say she's trying to go and talk or Korosami's trying to go talk to Asami at her at her office. She gets stopped by some uh, guard. Security and, guard. Security guard. And he's like, you can't you can't see her without an appointment. And she says, just let me see my girlfriend, please. And that's the first time, I guess, you really hear it or see it in the just, universe. Yeah, just how, out in the how, open world. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the reason why she has that security is because of the threat from the Creeping Crystals. From the Creeping Crystals, yeah. Uh, Jar- Jargala. So, <laughs> so then Asami tells tells Korra about, about the threat, uh, and then they decide to go have a date later on or something like that. I like how right here in this panel you have Kaya. And I'm pretty sure this is the only time she's in the book. <laughs> they just drew her right there. We, I'm pretty sure. We need an extra. Um, well, she's said, yeah. Are you talking about when she's in the in the beginning and they're going into the spirit portal? Like yeah. in this part, she was in part one, but I think in part two, like this is the only panel she appears in. She's just there. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because yeah. she's helping. Uh, she's helping. Uh, uh, or yeah. no, uh, Julie, uh, Julie, and and, and Asami. Right. So that makes sense. So we finally get to see what uh, Takuga looks like in his full like full body panel shot, um, following the the spirit passing through him and changing his anatomy. And right. I think it's a little weird. The only the only thing that I find strange about this is that his arm seems to like go go gadget and can stretch really long. I was trying to talk about how how Asami was captured. Oh yeah, yeah. no, well we yeah we've been all over the place on this. So how, how I actually didn't catch that. How did Asami get captured? Well, we don't know how she got captured. We know how Korra finds out she got captured because she she stood uh, stood her up on her date and she's like something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Remember? Right. But yeah. how does how does Takuga ends up taking her? Right. Yeah. yeah we, we don't see how we find out. Yeah. Oh. What happens? What is is a. Uh, yeah, she gets stood up. Cory gets stood up on her date, and then she finds she worries that something has happened to Asami. Something did happen to Asami. She got captured by Takuga, and then. But she assumes it's a creeping crystal since they already came and threatened her. Right. So then Cora. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then Cora, Mako, and Bolin go and and uh, uh, confront the creeping crystals, and they say, "Yeah, we have no idea where she's at. We didn't touch her." Uh, and then they go and meet the triple threats. Uh, Whereas it was at the the police headquarters, they get a, a Mako gets a a call from Lynn saying, "Get over here, we're getting attacked at the 
at the police headquarters. That's right. Uh, it's yeah. not the headquarters. It's a uh, it's an outpost that had oh. uh, that had a bunch of uh, the mechs and oh, stuff from right. Kuvira's. That's right. That's right. That meeting from... we just talked about. That's what they were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Right. Is is raiding Kuvira's old uh, military equipment and so taking that, it. So then that brings us current to to the fight uh, where we meet uh, Takuga in all his gl- all his glory and his go go gadget arm. Tentacle arm. Yeah, it's just it stretches so far. It seems I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. It's part spirit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess that's true. I mean, it could work. I was really hoping we'd be done with the mechs. <clears throat> I don't you think know? we're ever going to be done with the mechs. That, that's the thing. The technology has gone too far. Like it's to, there. It exists yeah. now. Okay. Made of pure platinum. As long as Asami is part of the story, uh, I think we're always going to have some kind of mechanical something or other, and and Varric for that matter. Well, she dies in part three, so. <laughs> God damn it. I know that's not true, but somebody out there is like, what if I was, a dick? What? What if I was that big of a dick? Oh, man, oh, I'm sorry. Geez. If it was true, yeah. yeah, that would be pretty jacked up. I don't know. He's got this. Uh, so the the way he looks, though, I mean, he looks kind of cool. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely a cool villain. I just uh, I just don't know what's up with the the, the long arm. I guess you're right. That is the best excla- explanation. Is that it, it's uh, his tentacle arm is the spirit, spirit, so yeah. he can he can manipulate it, change it, stretch right. it out. Right. So he he was waiting for Cora to show up this entire time. Definitely a grower, not a shower. Oh, stupid. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, oh man. man! Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> Back to your point, Ian. Please. I don't remember. <laughs> I can't so, remember. so what's going on in the story? They they uh they go to this police headquarters or whatever. Not the headquarters, but this cache Out, of this weapons. Outpost, yeah. Uh, that the triple threats are taking over. Um, and then Cora, Bolin, Mako show up. Start, you know. And they're like, eh, they fight. How'd they go again? Bending <laughs> <laughs> uh, water, bending steam. <laughs> yeah, don't don't quit your day job for a voice actor. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> but during this fight, it reveals uh, they have this blimp overhead. Which how'd they get a blimp? They just they just raided an outpost. They probably got it from the damn outpost. You think? You they think got there was to. a whole blimp there? Yeah, and they just happen to also have a blimp pilot in their crew. Sure, <laughs> why not? You know, that's why <laughs> it's invaluable having that guy. <laughs> so uh, Takuga uh, was expecting Cora and her crew, uh, and he reveals that he actually has uh, what's his Wang Young Kyum uh, as a prisoner up above, in in the blimp, in, in said blimp, in the blimp, yeah, and yeah. You, and you see you see him all tied up with the with his uh, mouth. I don't understand this conflict. It's kind of funny. Like, I don't, me neither. Like we were talking about earlier, like these these triad people feel so confident in their ability. To, to, like, just kick everybody's ass. They're taking the mechs that already got their ass kicked by Coral once already. They're <laughs> right. like, we're going to do it, but do it better this time than it was done before. Like, uh, using the same tactics. Kind of like real politics. That's kind of weird. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. You know what's funny is that we really try to, like, keep politics out of the show and just make it fun. I know, right? But then the book we're reading is, like, all political. That's yeah. Funny. I don't know. It's a, it's a It just doesn't seem like they have the power to really do anything. Like, we see some mechs and a blimp and a guy with a tentacle arm. Like how how much is that? That's not really. I'm a, not intimidated. That's, by yeah, this. it's not really a th- threat compared to what Cora's already had. Been and with. like Cora goes into the Avatar state at the end. At the end, and it's like, yeah, you you're no match for her. But 
he also has uh, Asami. Yeah, that's True, that's how though. he gets her. That's right. how he gets her to lay off because he's like, I have Asami. I'll kill her if you do. That's if you don't his, let us leave. That's his and leverage. That's the, that's the end of the book. Okay. That's the um, that's the cliffhanger that we're left yeah. with. And uh, yeah, but like if she had actually gone into the Avatar state and she would have messed him up so quick, right? I would imagine. It, I mean, she's Superman at that point when you go to the Avatar state. How can you not mess up uh, Takuga and, and save Asami at the same time? Like, I don't... I don't well, know. I mean, As- Asami has a, a knife to her neck, a firebending a, a knife. fire knife. Fire knife to her neck, you know. Yeah, I don't know. She probably is already dealing with... Like I said, the themes that we were seeing in this book is that, like, learning that actions have consequences... Maybe it's possible that she's that's going through her mind right now is like, will this action have another unintended consequence? That's a good point. If I do just murk this dude right here. Right. So who knows? She's probably dealing with a lot. But, you know, that's a lot to gather from just one panel. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe they're just setting up the story because that's their job. But No, I mean, I, I see that theme. I see that theme kind of. That's a good takeaway. It's awfully bold of them to try to say they're going to take over all of Republic City, though. Just because they have Asami as a hostage, like I mean, that's not going to. I mean, be there's that. there's other benders in in the world of Avatar that aren't going to let this happen. Where's Kuvira? Like, she ain't going to let this happen. Come, Where is Kuvira? Come I on, do, I know. I'm just saying. Uh, that, I was hoping to see if maybe book three you, had Kuvira. You in do it know? Yeah, because it's Ruins of the Empire is about Kuvira. Okay. I it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, there's other benders that, that are not going to let this happen. Tenzin's not going to let this happen. Yeah, no. I mean, come on. Kai is not going to let this happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, they say General like, Iroh's not going to let this happen. They're like, who needs bending when you have these babies in uh-huh. the mechs? So, I mean, they do have, like, a, I guess a, an advantage in as far as firepower. Kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, man. I mean, Tenzin's pretty badass. Yeah. And the Air Nation. And yeah. the United Forces. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, they're awfully confident. Yeah. They're awfully confident. <laughs> you got a lot of moxie. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> so I, I ended up picking up uh, just the individual uh, graphic novels uh, at Drawn the Comics, actually, across the street from they my They have uh, Rise of shop. Kiyoshi there right now. They sure do. Yeah. I almost I, I almost picked it up. Really? I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we're, like, extrapolating all this, this stuff from uh, a basically a children's book because I got it in the children's book section. Oh, how dare you. I, I mean, know, right? On a technicality, yes. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, plot holes. <laughs> There's plot holes here. <laughs> well, even in like Braving the Elements, they talk about like they didn't, they were writing stories for like in uh, Brykel where they were making stories for themselves. Right. right. So like oh. they, the platform was on a kid's show, but it's definitely, I mean, we all, we all right. know this, right? Right. The, the, what they say is that it's really not, it's kind of for everybody. For sure. What are our last? What are our lasting impressions of turf wars? So far, yeah, there's a lot of politics. It's a lot uh, of politics. And a part two, part two felt like just uh, like bridging the gap, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't know that because I haven't read the third one yet. So I mean, that, that kind of happened with uh, it happened with the rift too. The like the second, like the the sandwich the sandwich book. It was kind of meh, and you got you got. Good starting information in the first book, and then you have this, you know, this badass fight scene with with General Old Iron at, in the third book. I'm really hoping that this happens. Uh, that same thing happens in this book. You know, in the Promise Part Two, part wasn't that the side story about Toph's Metal Bending Academy in the Promise Part Two? I think 
Was it? I think with, it was. With Sokka and Toph. That yeah. was actually a good part, too. It was good. That was a good part, too. Yeah. I like that one. It's just this one, part one, set up so much to be answered that I expected more of that story to be driven throughout here. Because all, really, if you think about it, all that really happens in this book is related to those four conflicts that we talked about is Zuli runs for president and then this guy gets a bunch of the leader of the triple threats gets a bunch of mechs that's all that really happens right and it does and neither one of those really drive the story forward they're just events along the way well, oh, well all uh, the triple threats put mask on I don't know it, it, it's definitely I mean it wasn't a bad book but it uh, it leaves a lot for book three to answer for sure right I'm hoping book three is a lot better I'm theorizing, let's see if this is true next week. They bring in Kavira because she's an expert on these mechanical suits and she knows how to beat them. That's a, that's a bold statement there, buddy. You got a theory? I don't, but I like you got that a one. prediction? I like that one. I, there's going to be a big fight between Takuga and Korra. <laughs> that's my bold prediction. The Avatar and her friends <laughs> will save the day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's never happened before, so I don't know about that one, but we'll see. What would you give it scale of one to ten? Just part two. Just part two? Six. Um, it wasn't terrible. So no, there's nothing it, bad about it, it. it. I don't think it's low as a, as a five. I, I would say six or seven. Yeah. And so far, the three-part series overall? Six Oof. or seven. Uh, seven. So seven overall, so, six yeah. for part two. Yeah. I'm guessing that means part one is a seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then what's, what's I, I agree with those numbers. With that? Yeah, I, seven, I would six. agree with that too. I would agree with that too. So so far it's out of seven. There's six point five technically. Six point five. Yeah. On yeah. the whole on the whole series. Yeah. We're at a six point five rating. <laughs> We're gonna do uh was it Barstool Sports pizza review style? <laughs> I'm gonna give it a uh <laughs> a six two. Six two, man. Yep. Six one six. bite, you know the rule, just take a bite out of the book. <laughs> <laughs> one page, you know the rule. <laughs> <laughs> cabbages so far. (laughs) Hey, I like that. We'll rate it out of cabbages. 6.5 cabbages overall seems a little low, though. Really? What would you give it? I would give it a 7 overall. Really? Okay. So that would mean. Well, that's what I said. I said 7 overall. Yeah, but I guess when you average it down. Yeah, because we gave book one a 7, book book two a 6. So 6.5? So 6.5. Okay. Maybe I feel like if if part three is real solid, it could have the power to bump it up to a. Seven, eight, seven, seven, five? Seven, seven, two, five, if we give it an eight. I, I give it a... Uh, seven point two five. Seven point two five. That's a good score. That's a good a score. S- <laughs> seven and a half seems fair. Our prediction is about seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Interesting. <laughs> we'll see. We didn't, we didn't bring this up. Are we Are we going to wrap up on, on Turf Wars Part I, 2? Yeah, that's, there's really nothing else. At the very end, the last panel is uh, Takuga in a tank saying, let's take our, let's go take our turf. And that's that's the cliffhanger. That's the name of the book. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's got two hostages. He's got a bunch of mechs. They're going to Republic City. And that's, Should that's work out for him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I predict it'll work out fine for him. <laughs> He'll take over, and that'll be the new way of life. He's the new, you know, leader leader, leader of the Avatar universe. Cool. He's running against. <laughs> he's like, let's go take it. And he's like, formally, I will run against President <laughs> Raiko. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's do this the right way. Let's uh, let's wrap this up, and then we can get into. Uh, if you want, stick around. We'll be doing a segment on Loki. Well, didn't there was something on braving the elements that we didn't touch on oh. earlier? Remember that? Oh yeah. We did want to talk about 
something that came up, or Ian did, on Braving the Elements, the past episode with Eric Coleman. Eric Coleman, Who yeah. was an executive producer on, on the show, right? Or, uh, no, he's just a Nick exec. He, he's a former Nickelodeon exec that uh, I think he had a, a hand in greenlighting uh, Atla. Right, right. And... Because he, had... he worked with... Uh, Michael or Brian, one of the one, one of the, the two on Invader like, Zim. Invader Zim, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So whoever, which one? I know one of them worked on Invader Zim, and whoever Invader Zim was a Cartoon Network show, wasn't it? Uh, I believe mean, it was. I don't know. I don't know. I never. I didn't watch it, so I don't know. Danny's really into it. He really is into it. Yeah, because he looks like Zim. Oh my god! <laughs> I love you. I love you, Danny. <laughs> Fucking dick. Uh, they actually explain either way. He, they work together. Though, they right? they explain what he does as an executive because it's like such a weird. It's kind of like uh, it's like I have no idea what that guy does when you hear that. They kind of explain that too and explain right. his responsibilities. So what was it? There was something really cool that Dante added to this to the the podcast. So finally, Dante Bosco actually had some something nice or something good to say in in the uh, the podcast. <laughs> now in, uh, in, in <laughs> wow, dude, <laughs> no, he's always he's always in, quiet, and I I want to hear more about like the the acting. <laughs> <laughs> the acting part portion of what he did, and he's just uh, well, uh, Ian, anyway. Ian, we're, Ian. we're not doing my segment in, right now. In his defense, in his defense, we only watch the episodes that have interviews. We're not watching. I'm not doing the rewatch episodes because I, I have no interest in right. that. Well, so maybe he's. I have listened to it, and they they don't really do a rewatch. So. After you're done listening to our podcast, definitely go listen to the uh, Braving the Elements podcast. <laughs> um. I, I really like the interview uh, episodes because you get a lot of information. Right. They're not they're doing a rewatch, but they're not really doing a, like a play by play rewatch. They're they're talking about uh, aspects of, of characters, and and every now and then Dante talks about how he he uh, he did that scene. You know. Uh, okay. When when they like came in and and uh, the boy in the iceberg and and the ship crashes into the 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 city. He talks about that. He talks about how Zuko was coming in hot, and, and that's how he acted the the scene. And what does he say on this episode that uh, was that you felt was pretty good? So they, they talked on this episode. They were talking about um, you like the favorite scenes, and it, and they was, talk about Zuko returning to Iroh. Right. They they kind of talk about the dynamic of Iroh as a character compared, you know, with Zuko uh, and. One of the scenes that that he did was uh, when Iro says, "You know, I'm not, I'm not mad," you know, or I was never angry. I was never, oh, I was yeah. never. That angry. scene still makes me tear up. Dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So when he, um, when Zuko, re- or when Dante recorded that that audio for that, it was just him in a in a in a studio. No, he's just talking because Iro's not saying anything. Oh right, okay. Right when he's so Iroh's in 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 prison and he's talking to to Zuko's talking to him trying to get information and and he's not saying anything. So so Dante's recording that, and then later on when Iroh says, um, you know, I'm not mad or or whatnot. They were in what what's his name? What's the the actor that took Gre- over for Greg Baldwin? Greg Baldwin. <laughs> Greg Baldwin. So that that that's when Mako, uh, the voice actor for Iroh. Uh, passed away, and oh, so shoot. and so that scene was the first one they recorded with Greg with Baldwin. Greg Baldwin. So they Greg Baldwin was off in a different studio or a different you know room 
recording that audio as the voice of Iroh, and everyone that was in the in the episode doing uh, voice work was hearing this for the first time. Like Mako just just died, and then they're hearing Iroh talk. Iroh come to life. Uh, come to life in their headphones as as they're recording this audio, and he says that was like a surreal moment. Like, and, Super emotional. Super emotional. Everybody was was crying because you got to hear Iroh again. Oh man. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. really it was That's a, heavy. Yeah, dude. it was a really good story. Yeah. Like it was it was like holy cow. Well, especially for Dante Bosco, who's worked with uh Mako multiple times throughout his yeah, career. Yeah, he said he right. kind of he was his uncle to him. Yeah, so that's especially impactful. Right. Yeah. And then the first line that they get out of the new Iroh voice actor is, I was never mad was at never... you. I just thought you had lost your way yeah. or whatever yeah. he says. Yeah. 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 Like, like a super yeah. deep yeah. line. I, I got goosebumps yeah. thinking goosebumps. about it, man. It, it's, it's just a powerful story. And I, I really uh, encourage everybody to at least listen to, to that part. It's really cool. Eric the, Coleman. The, the, it was great. It was a good episode. It, it was, was entertaining. You know, he talks about doing a rewatch with his kids. Like, right. all, like it was a good and like behind the scenes stuff for Avatar. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, I'll best. always listen to those interviews. If you're looking to kind of get into any production, anything in any way, shape, or form, he Eric Coleman kind of goes into what it takes and what and how the road that he took to get to where he's at right now as a so, as a executive as a, an executive it for a, a large corporation like Nickelodeon. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's cool that they're not only including the creators like the the anim like, you know, the the writers of the show, but also the people that are on the business side of it too. They right. had to, like that's actually pretty cool. That's like a full scope of, of right. what went into the show. And then we even have stuff on like YouTube where we see the martial artists that were part of that and there's a, there's a lot of behind this. It takes a lot to make a show. I had no idea, actually. It, right. That's what I'm getting at. I think what they're going to be doing is like every other episode is going to be like an interview of somebody. That's, that's what it's been so far. Yeah. And then and then the next episode is going to be a rewatch episode. It's they have like five years of content, and that's just, just Atla. They, they're not even going to get the Korra. I don't, I don't even know. Seriously. Probably. I mean, Janet Varney, though, like that, she would probably would want to at some point talk about that. At some point. They'll get they'll throw her a bone at least and let let Akora be a couple episodes. I would hope. I don't know. I would. I would because I would want to hear Janet Varney's. Like we got to hear Dante Bosco as Zuko. Let's hear Janet Varney as as Cora and then get to talk about her experiences doing these lines. Maybe right. she has cool stories like that. Right. right. She does. You know she does. Yeah. Damn. They gotta do that. And I'm way more hyped for that. I, I would be super hyped <laughs> for that. He's got a hard on for Cora, man. Dude, Cora's awesome, dude. Yeah. Nah. I mean, awesome is a strong word, but yeah, oh, I, hate, <laughs> I hate both of you. I like Cora. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, I like Cora too. I just like being a hater. Okay, well, with that, we are gonna do like a little post-show Loki talk. Yeah. So Loki spoilers are coming up, but let's close out today's episode. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I think I think we're done talking about everything uh, Avatar at the moment. Yep. All right. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the Cabbage Cart Podcast on Instagram. Don't forget, we have a live show, live stream, August 14th. Remember to follow Triforce AZ on Instagram. Uh, With that being said, we ready to get out of here? Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. All right, so let's talk Loki because Loki just wrapped up this week and we all wanted to talk about it. So going forward, there will be things, spoilers for all things Loki. The television series on series on Disney Plus. Yep. 
focused around Loki, the bad guy from all the Thor movies. Uh, you don't say. Bad well, not guy. bad guy. Bad guy, kind of ambiguous, I guess. Yeah, the god of mischief. I've never really cared for Loki in the MCU. Really? He always kind of annoyed me. Okay. But this show, so I didn't think I would be, like, into this show, really. But it was a really fucking good show. Okay. I, I like, it totally won me over. Dude, Loki. I've been saying this since the first Iron Man came out. What the MCU needs is Owen Wilson. <laughs> he's great in the show. And he's fucking he great. He's fucking crushed. He's, he's great in the show. Yeah. He he's, adds like a human element to the craziness of the MCU. Yeah, and he right, still hasn't gotten know? a jet ski, man. I'm dude, so sad. <laughs> so sad. So how, how do we want to approach this? We're kind of just I I think we're just going to discuss it in really general and just be like our favorite parts of it basically. You talk and, about the series as a whole. If you haven't yeah. if you haven't watched the series Definitely watch the series before listening to this. Oh yeah, you, you know it. Uh, I mean, you can binge the whole thing now. It's easy. Right. We're watching it week by week. Yeah, it's only six ep- six episodes, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, really easy to get. Uh, Forty five minutes an episode. It, 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 and, and it goes really fast. Yeah, it's really fast paced. It goes really, 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 really fast. <laughs> Are you mad about that? Uh, you know what pisses me off? No. Uh, I was okay with it. I like the first four episodes. I was, I was like. I was really on board, and then I made the mistake of reading a, an article about about the pacing of the show. Oh, and, like we're essentially going into season three of of uh, of Loki when when season two drops, because the show starts off as like this buddy cop like dynamic mm-hmm. between Owen Wilson and Loki and and Tom Hiddleston, and they're trying to find this this variant Loki, right? It, they have a, they had enough content to do an entire six episode six eight episode of just trying to find the the Loki variant right and, but they're establishing the upcoming conflict of the MCU right. that's what it's doing I understand that right you know and that's why it's rushed out and, and that's why it's rushed out yeah. I see I was thinking about this the other day I think the buddy cop thing everybody would expect that that's overplayed there's a hundred buddy cop that, movies but out that's there. the best part of Loki in my opinion. No, and I know, and what I'm saying is they set it up this way, and so, but the story is so crazy and so involved that it just complete. I think it, what it, what we're seeing is that it was this would be the path that they were on if things didn't go so crazy. It would be a buddy cop movie, but as the story explodes, so does that relationship, and so it, it ventures off into this crazy story that's not the buddy cop story you thought it was. I think that's by design. Well, yeah. the reason why it's not a buddy cop story. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a missed opportunity. I feel like they they could have run with this buddy cop thing a little bit longer. They gave us two episodes. Yeah, that's true. So you have this this dynamic with with Mobius and Loki and how they don't trust each other, but they trust each other, and they're trying to find this variant Loki. And they could have gone to so many different places. They had they had uh, what is it Pompeii? They, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like they could have gone to other made up, you know, disastrous like events. Yeah. Uh, well, they have the one with the the moon crashing down on. Yeah, it. but that, that was, was with cool. Sylvie. Uh, okay, so you wanted more. You wanted more they, uh, Mobius and Loki. They went like they. It was is like what the hell is the TVA? We don't know what the TVA is. Why? Why are they trying to find this variant Loki? And they gave us two episodes to care about that. And then they and then episode three. Okay. They're like, okay, let's give Sylvie her own backstory. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, it I'm, is rushed. I'm, though. I'm okay. You gave us two episodes to care about this stuff. Yeah. 
So we wanted more of that. If you if we could have gone and, and, and saw other stuff, other catastrophes, other catastrophic events uh, where Sylvie was at, and then the cliffhanger in season one was a, the uh, the reveal of who who yeah. was actually the variant that it was a female you know because mm-hmm. the, the first two episodes are like he he this he that yeah, yeah, yeah and then oh true and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit it's it's a you're a female well at the beginning it's they they're timekeepers they know there's three of them so they but they are all oh men. yeah the timekeepers the timekeepers are all guys right so i see what you're saying though right once they learn that somebody else is behind even that the right. timekeepers are the timekeepers a real thing in the in the comics? I don't. I really don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not up to snuff on that. Hmm. Is this guy that ends up being behind this whole thing? Is he in the comics at all? Yes, there is. So yeah, can you I? Go, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every time some like new intri- uh new character gets introduced in the MCU, I always ask him. I'm like, <laughs> like I remember. I remember when Thanos was on screen for the first time. I was like, Ian, who's the guy? The, the you know and, and Guardians of the Galaxy and he's like this? and he's like you're the fifth person it's Thanos <laughs> <laughs> you know so Ian who is King the Conqueror uh, God damn it. it okay so one they're saying it's not King they they're saying it's not they're saying I, that it's not King King I don't I don't know specifically I don't know that much about King but he is like a like a time traveling entity that uh that goes around traveling time. Traveling time, really? It's yeah. <laughs> time traveling is he that goes evil? around traveling time? Yeah, he's kind of he, he's like Arnim Arnim Zola uh, from um, Winter Soldier. No, I haven't. Really, I've never seen Winter Soldier. Uh, like uh, Modok. Do you know who Modok is? No. Modok, he's like a, got a really big, in, you, big head. This is like when you look up a word in the dictionary, and it's like. The, the word is just another word that you need to look yeah. up. That's what you're doing. But, you know what? I think, I think I know who you're talking I'm tra- about. You're trying to explain it's, one character, and I'm just getting more so, and more confused. Well, so there's uh, Arnim Zola or, or Modoc. He, he like, he's this this human that, that like, like his head grew, and, and he was exposed to some kind of radiation or, or whatever. I'm, I'm probably getting that wrong. But he his brain gets really big, and he, and he has – Oh, co- Megamind. <laughs> kind of, I mean, kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he he has control over all things electronic, and then oh. uh, Arnim Zola is kind of the same thing. He has like a face in his in his like stomach. Uh, it, oh, it's I've like, seen that guy. It's weird, yeah. But I thought that was on like a comedy show, <laughs> like what? a comedy cartoon. The guy with the with the head in his stomach. It's probably a but no a real spinoff. It's it probably a, like a rip off that. Oh, okay. So King, anyway, King is kind of like that. He in the comics he has this like suit suit on and and like his it's face like purple. Or it's blue. like purple and green or you know blue whatever. Um, but he but, but he they're saying time. that it's not this guy. Yeah, there's there's people saying that it's not. So who would it be him. then? I why, why I have no they, idea actually. Well, they. Were, I thought it was Kang. Yeah, I think I I think it is. Like I think that's what they're going with. And he says, he's like, oh, people have called me many things. And he says Conqueror. Uh, right. Yeah, and I was going to say, yeah. yeah, Conqueror was one of the ones. Yeah, that's got to be him. And so, it's got to be. But the way they're explaining this is like, this guy, well, we don't really know if this king is like good or evil or not. He seems like an all right dude. But there's, you know, but there's all these split multiverses that he's contained. Right. And some of them have really bad kings, you know, and some of them have good kings. And then, and then... It looks like Loki is in 
a now ba- a bad a king bad king one. TVA dictator king yeah TVA. yeah right he he's a big uh, uh, enemy of the Avengers and uh, Doctor Strange uh, Fantastic Four. Oh. So King the Conqueror is, is big against Fantastic Four, so which it makes sense to be that guy. Then it makes sense because they're getting yeah. ready to do a Fantastic Four movie. Yep, and yeah. a Doctor Strange movie, right? And right. and so. Ant Man three, I guess everyone's really hype about Ant Man three. I <laughs> really? Guess. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's King the Conqueror right there. Okay. Oh, it kind of looks like Skeletor. He <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see like the this. Um, multiverse thing kind of play out they you know this this series was basically to establish this big what's what's going to be the next conflict in the mcu i i like that we're getting this stuff while they're making movies you know because it's like we're constantly engaged in the story it's i mean we've had wandavision falcon winter soldier loki they're like boom 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 we just got black widow and they're putting out like bad batch stuff every week for like star wars like i'm talking about disney as a whole yeah right not just the mcu bad batch so much but I haven't. I'm not. I think I'm like two episodes behind right now. What? Yeah. God, killing me. I did like in this though. So again, spoilies, right? I did like that. Uh, Sylvie was like true to her her mission, like the whole way through. She actually followed through on it. Right. Of killing the time, whoever's behind the time. Kang. Keeper. Right. Kang you know? or who? What, whoever. Yeah, what they, what they call him in the. In the show, when he was sitting there talking, they didn't call him anything. They he they he had an well. I mean, I listened. I I watched TV with subtitles on. Oh, they call him a name. Oh, yeah, he has like a name. The, but the it's little like, Miss Minutes gi- gives him a name, and he goes, "Oh, she's still calling me that." I told her. To oh stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he the, who is he who is always or something he something. Who, he who rem- he who he remains. Who remains. Yeah. He who remains. He remains. Yeah. Yeah. Funny thing about the timekeeper, or like the little clock, Miss, what's her name? Miss Minutes, I think. Miss Minutes. So the little one, my daughter, was uh, watching it with me when she came on, and uh, and uh, she says, "Oh, that that sounds like Twilight Sparkle." The from My Little Pony. Did she nail it? She nailed it because Tara Strong is the voice of. Nice. Of oh, really? Minutes. Yeah. Nice. I was like, I was like, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> that definitely sounds like Twilight Sparkle. That's dude, awesome. She's gonna, dude. Growing up with you, she's gonna be picking up on stuff like that all the time. So I wanted to. This was a cool detail. Someone shouted out on Reddit, but um, you might have seen this before. This is, I guess, called. Uh, oh yeah. Kintsugi. That's that's, you. Uh, oh yeah. Broken power pottery mended back with gold. To create a new product, oh, so so his the his, citadel at the the citadel the has all those cracks, and they're like being held together. It's it's like this is what inspired it. He's holding this all together. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. that's a detail I didn't pick up on. Well, I'm gonna have to go back and watch. I was it. I was wondering what all that all the yeah. cracks were and all that. And it's like it, the to mending, me, it just looked like marble. It, it looked like it was well, like yeah, but design. you you could see like the purple cracks going all through it and, and stuff. So he's holding it. So all I together. think that's like the inspiration for that. That's pretty dope. Holding, holding is that is that an original theory? No, no, no. I saw that on. Oh, Reddit. you saw that. I saw okay. that on Reddit. Okay. What's uh? What's your favorite part of the show so far? Well, I mean, the season's well, so, over. Season's over. But yeah. like, what what was your favorite part of the show? Uh, honestly, the uh, the fight with Elioth was with with old man Loki was when he's yeah when he's like the power of illusion for the whole city. But here's what I didn't realize: it's like that guy is super powerful in. In his magic, right? Like, right. that's his whole thing. He's right. like, I don't do any any swords. He's like, that's a waste. Magic is the most powerful. Why didn't he enchant the monster? He's right? in the... Or is enchanting, like, different? I, I want to say that each Loki has a different like, Special. Like, power. skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think 
as far as the alligator Loki goes, I think it's like one of the funniest gimmicks in the MCU to me. You know, I just think it's hilarious. It's best not to ask questions. Yeah, like, right. And you got this freaking alligator Loki bites off bites off Loki's hand. That's true. I did that like that, that meme I funny. put in the chat where it's like, "Can you give me a hand?" Oh, you know, yeah. and it's a it's a crossover. Meme. Anyway, yeah, I, I actually really didn't really. Uh, I can't. I didn't get the like, hype behind the Loki. I just thought it was silly and it was fun. It's just you know it's best not to ask, man. Well, that's you true. It's, it's like the, the of fa- course there's an alligator Loki. Pop culture fan bases are, are like that. If it's if it's something that's like off the wall and cute, yeah, they like latch onto it. They're like, oh my god, yeah. Like they came out with uh, was it 30th anniversary Deadpool merchandise, and there these pops that that came out. One of them was a. Uh, a Deadpool Tyrannosaurus or T-Rex. Oh, like, sold out. Sold out within days. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make days. any sense. It doesn't make any it's sense. Just... Like, oh my God, Deadpool is a, is a T-Rex. Oh, well, I love it so much. Man, Deadpool fan, fans are, are, they're fun. <laughs> uh, they're the same fans as Harley Quinn fans because it's yeah, the same yeah, character. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. We're talking about Loki. <laughs> What was so? What did you? What was your favorite part about this, of the season? Uh, the Journey into Mystery episode, the, the episode called Journey into Mystery, that by far my favorite. Which, which one was which that? That was the sec- the the second to last, the penultimate one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So with the fight with the lion. Yeah, and stuff. I, I think the other Lokis was was really cool to me. I, uh, the old man Loki. They're like Mad Max and shit. Yeah, it's kind of like Mad Max yeah. of Lokis. I, the, you guys both really liked it a lot. I like, dude. I I thought that was so. Well, it, this is like scratching. It's like the tip of the multiverse going on right. that we're seeing. Now right. we see all these all these different uh, versions of Loki and and ooh, I like how he's like I killed Thor. There's one that's like oh, oh I killed yeah. Thor. Yeah. What well, the you know? the kid Loki? It's kid oh Loki. yeah 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 yeah. Kid Loki. yeah yeah. I thought that that fight between them and Elioth was cheesy as hell. Really? Yes. Like, just hold my hand and you can do it, believe. Okay, okay. Oh, yes. And then right that, at the last moment, That part like, was lame. So they got it, yeah. Yeah, that part was you lame. You know, I was yeah, like, come on, yeah, dude. But come on, the 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 big... It wasn't It wasn't badass. I'll say that much. The, it wasn't the, badass. The old man Loki, old man was, Loki, was, Loki old man was badass. Loki was badass, no doubt. So the thing is, he, he was... Uh, he was legit fighting the monster. You know, with with his projection, tricking right. it, fucking fighting it, it's dope. The way he's the way he's uh, dressed is like journey into mystery, like like it's like an old 80, eighty nine or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, really? like the first appearance of Loki. Yeah, that's what he's dressed like. Nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. And they yeah. gave it to the old cool. man. Loki. Yeah, 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 cool details. There was a, like some that. theory it, I saw on that episode. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. His his backstory is a fan theory. Oh, really? Yeah, because. He was saying like his backstory is when Thanos went to kill him in, in uh, Infinity War, he he uh, disguised himself as like an inanimate object, and that that the 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 person that that Thanos killed was just some rando, and then oh. and then after the the ship blew up, he kind of went off. That was a fan theory. That was a like. One of the biggest fan theories saying that Loki was not dead. Oh, after Infinity War. After Infinity War. Oh, okay. Like, Loki's not dead. He, w- he was an inanimate object. It's Bruce Banner. You know, when when Heimdall sent off the Hulk, that was actually Loki. Like, that that was yeah, a, a fan theory. Yeah, there was a theory. lot of, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I, but, the, so that's a, but that's not, that's not anything of 
official is what well, you're it saying? Is, I mean, it is now. It is in, now. In, in, in one universe. In yeah. one universe that right. happened. Yeah. That, yeah I, thought that was I saw cool. some fan theory that, like, the reason why Loki is making these changes, because everybody's like, Loki should be like Sylvie, like, just true to himself, selfish, never, can never change. But like, now he's been changing right. throughout the whole MCU. Well, right. What, yeah. there's, what I'm saying is that the theory is, though, is that he sees other versions of himself and is able to, like, reflect on him. It, like, each one represents him in a different time in his life. Right. And what, what could have been. or what, And the, he's, like, seeing himself in these other Lokis, obviously, aside from just physically. And, like, I like how at some point he's just fucking sick of Loki. Like, like when they all betray each other in the in that scene, he's like, are you kidding me? He's, right. like, he's sick of himself. Like, Yeah. I can see how he, that's how he changes. It. Yeah. That makes sense. What So, Ricky, what didn't you like about, about the series? No, I don't. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I'm just priming uh, the end up here. <laughs> I've already talked about what I don't like about this. The, That's true. Okay, it's too rushed. Man, it was too rushed. That's We're, true. We have two seasons worth in one season. Yeah, I like when Kane gets stabbed at the end, and he's just like, "See you soon." Because yep. everything he cool. said was true. Yeah, right. he wasn't lying. That's one of the things, obviously, that you get. You should assume this when you dive into Loki. Is the whole entire scene? You're like. Someone is fucking lying. Like, right. the, who? who Who's is lying? Liar here? Who's tricking who? Like, you know, and that's what you expect out of a Loki, a Loki series. Oh, and they did it really well. That's true, dude. You know what I'm saying? Right. This whole, the, you, like, there's points where you're like, what if none of this is real at all? Which it kind of isn't. It, you know, it's, it's, it, what, what if this is all Loki tricking you? You know, who knows? It's a super creative yeah. way to... Oh man, it's a it's a way to flip Loki on Loki without it being Loki doing it. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's super. That's actually super cool. I never thought about about who's the one lying in this room right now. Yeah. And then that's even dope. when you meet Kang, that's the, that's their conflict. They don't yeah. fucking know if he's lying or yeah. not. I, so why didn't maybe and you would know why did he not know what was going to happen after his offer? That one. I did, did he choose to stop? They I, well I they crossed the threshold. Yeah, but he defines the threshold. Right. That's that's one thing I didn't understand is how did all of a sudden you not know what was going on? Because a second ago, you knew everything. And now – and But this, he says this that. This threshold? Can, What's this threshold we're talking about? He literally tells you. He's like, I lied. I could see I could see everything, but there was something I can't – he can't see past that. So he's like, there's always something that he can't see past. There's always been that thing. And it was carry up until... On. And they just crossed the threshold. And the threshold being, once I offer this to somebody else to take over, that's as far as I can see. Because I, I can't see their decision. Right. So that, 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 uh, makes that, sense. that has to be it. I like that. Okay. Headcanon. Yep. What, what or I that may be exactly what it is. It, it, seemed be, like, yeah. it seems like that's what they were trying to yeah. imply, based on what Ricky's saying. I don't know the... the and I, I think this is going to be answered in season two. Judge Renslayer... The, the, yeah, where did she I go? Don't, I don't know what her motive is. Well, he gave her oh, the timekeeper oh, gave yeah, her yeah. a book, or told Miss Minutes because she was requesting documents on the beginning of the timekeepers. Mm-hmm. He instead gave her some different documents, and Miss Minutes says he thinks you'll like these more. And then she goes off in the portal after reading that stuff, and we never see her again. Right. I think okay, so. I think they're setting up like more than just. Uh, the multiverse of madness. I think they're setting up because uh, I can't talk about uh, Black Widow. I went and saw Black Widow. It has something to do with it. They're they're setting up other stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're setting up uh, Disney Plus shows. They're setting up MCU okay. shows. And I I wanna I, I wanna believe that the MCU shows 
are going or the the Disney Plus shows are going to be included in the overall movies, in, movies and all that, but it's going to have its own timeline or, or its, its own, own kind of plot together. So you're gonna have you're gonna have what's on screen. They'll all be tied together, but right. there's gonna be an overarching thing going on in the show, right. and there'll be overarching things going on in the movie. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, they're okay. actually creating a universe right. where everything's related. Yeah. They're like double down on the universes. We're going to, <laughs> We're going to be talking about the MCU and the MTVU. MTVU? Yeah. What's Marvel MTVU? Television. Oh, yeah. oh. MTU. Marvel I Television. I want my MTVU. <laughs> uh, do we have... Old uh, man reference, sorry. Yeah. No, uh, who, what band is that? That's the first video on MTV, right? Uh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the band? Um, uh, who does? I can't think of it right now. Is it? It's not REM. Uh, Postal Service? No. 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 Okay. You're not we'll get it. We'll, we'll get, get it. it. We'll, we'll have a fan tell us. Well, uh, do we have anything we wanted to talk about, Loki? We wanted to do like a nice twenty minutes here at the end, and and just because we wanted to talk about it and and release that to anyone else that really enjoyed the show. Honestly, I I want to know what everyone else is is watching, what everyone else is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play video games all the time. I'm, I just I just bought the new uh, Zelda Skyward Sword for the Switch. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah, dude. So is it good? Um, oh, man, I didn't play it on the Wii, and I didn't. Uh, so the motion controls on the Wii is what was, was the biggest complaint. Oh. And if they didn't, they would have had to uh, completely overhaul the combat system. So so they included the motion controls again. It's just really awkward on the Switch. Mm. But I'm only like an hour into it so I really yeah. don't know and, you're, and you, so you've been playing a lot of games you want to know like that's I why wanna, we're talking I, I about wanna, this Loki stuff right because right. we want to talk about it and see what other people are listening I want to know what other people are playing what other people are reading what other people are watching and if you, if any anyone listening to this has any kind of ideas of, of what they'd like us to talk about I, I'd like to hear that and we're gonna be, we're gonna be opening up and talking about other pop culture stuff just as a little bonus stuff here at the end and, and whatever I mean I again I run a pop culture shop yeah, I know. I know about a lot of things. Pokemon, you. I mean, Ricky, you played Pokemon as a kid. I yeah. never did, but like, if we want to talk about Pokemon, I'm fucking down. Let's Pikachu yeah. this shit up. <laughs> yeah, or or um, I'm a forklift operator, so we can do a forklift we're definitely, episode. <laughs> we're definitely not doing that. Super entertaining. That one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely an interest. What kind of protein you guys are? <laughs> or propane? Yeah. Anyway, but no, the whole idea is uh, like that's uh, you know. I think that wraps it up for today's uh, little pop culture blast on Loki, but look forward to more of these types of topics coming out on the end of episodes. Uh, pop culture forward. blast is definitely a working title. Working title. Yeah, we'll working figure it out. We'll yeah, figure we'll figure it out. it out. But I don't know how to – we never talked about how we're going to close these out because we close oh, yeah. out the show with, with yip, yip, yip Yip. So I guess we'll just see you on the next Let's one. Let's just salute each other, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> Firm handshakes all around. Yes, good job Thank you. Good job. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.